Today we talk about cultivating an attitude of gratitude with Matt and Phil from M&P Presentations here on the Northern Lights Pulse podcast. Welcome to the Northern Lights Pulse podcast. Our mission at NL Pulse is to help teens and young adults understand themselves and the world in which they live. And today we are joined by M&P Presentations. This is Peter and I, by the way. I am doing a new thing with the intro. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we're joined today by M&P Presentations and we are so excited to have you guys. Thank you for joining us. We're so excited to be here. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for the opportunity. Phil and I were absolutely thrilled when you guys reached out about potential collaboration. So we're excited to have some fun tonight, get to know you guys and talk about all things positivity. We love it. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. So just a little bit of a background on these guys. Matt and Phil are a nationally known motivational speaking duo based out of the Chicago area. Matt is a full-time guidance counselor and has a master's degree in school guidance and counseling. Phil is a full-time high school chemistry and physics teacher and has a master's degree in teaching leadership. Together, Matt and Phil present on a wide range of topics with high energy and a style all their own. It's safe to say that they can be considered cultivators of confidence, just like it says on their website. So with that, I don't know if you had anything else that you guys wanted to share before we got into our topic today of gratitude, but... We're just happy to be here and appreciative and excited to spread the word. Anything that can help people feel more grateful and energized about their life, we're all in, as we said. So we were thrilled you guys reached out. Thank you. Wonderful. Well, we'll just jump right in. Um, I think the, for the, what I wanted to talk about today was gratitude because it's something that I think our, our young adults really need to... It's something that I think it's kind of a buzzword that gets thrown around a lot, but maybe a lot of people don't necessarily know what it means or they know what it means that they don't know how to incorporate it into their lives and how it might benefit them. So just, just basic level here, what is gratitude? Why is it important and what value can be added to your life by cultivating a, an attitude of gratitude and kind of adopting that into your daily life? Well, Peter, I'll get the party started here for us. And Phil, please feel free to jump right in. As I know that when Phil and I began our speaking journey about eight years ago, and Phil, I was really giving this a lot of thought. And would you agree with me? It boiled down to just two very specific topics, one being self-confidence and the other being gratitude. Mm -hmm. So Peter, when you're discussing about how the topic of gratitude, we will get around to answering your questions for sure, but I want to make this full circle for everybody. When Phil and I began speaking publicly, and we started attending events in teen leadership retreats, we always noticed that the powerful speakers who came in either, either overcame some sort of a, uh, you know, lifelong uh, tragedy or, or, or they conquered the highest mountaintop and won gold medals. And Phil and I focused on that audience in between uh, that we wanted to focus on the topic of the ordinary 
being extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And we truly realize that the ordinary things in life are the things that we are extremely grateful for, our family, our health. And we said, what if we focus our main concepts on that topic to show that gratitude, to show that the ordinary things in life are extraordinary, to remind that population of students to realize that it's okay to be proud of the ordinary. It's okay to be happy and grateful for the things that you have. So that when we talk about the topic of gratitude, that is the one thing that stands out. But Phil, if you wouldn't mind maybe expanding on it a bit now, just about the specific topic of gratitude, why it is so powerful and why we do tend to focus on it a lot. Yeah, thanks, Matt. I really do think that we, our entire business model too, is on a foundation of gratitude and it's shown and paid off just from the relationships we've formed. So Specifically, what gratitude is, in our opinion, is being simply grateful for the everyday things that we we have. We take a moment to slow down, stop, and realize all the things we already have in our lives that are going well, that are going right. As you guys know, if we want to get scientific into the brain, we are naturally negatively biased, right? It is in our evolutionary brain to focus on the negatives because those potentially could have taken our lives 200,000 years ago. So right. focusing on the negative is very natural, but by stopping, pausing, feeling that moment, but then also backing up and saying, but you know what? These are the things that are going well for me that are allowing me to be alive, healthy, succeed, hopefully, you know, keep pushing forward in that. So I think that having that attitude of gratitude and stopping and being grateful for what you have allows you to have a great foundation for being happier, healthier, making better decisions, and honestly, just being more energized about our life. So Matt, did I define that well from our point of view? 100%, Phil. Okay. So as far as gratitude's concerned, I think Matt and I really like to promote, besides the idea of being self-confident, when we are confident in ourselves, I think we're more willing to be and be grateful and show gratitude. And the idea that when we just pause and, and reflect and are grateful, I think it opens up a lot of new doors for us. So kind of walking in circles on this one, Matt, I apologize, but we define gratitude. Where are we headed next then? What was the next part of the question? So I don't waste our audience's time. Well, I think you answered the, um, the next one, which is why is it important? Mm. And the other part that I had in there was what value can be added to your life mm. by practicing this attitude of gratitude. So I think you touched on those, but if you wanted to expand on that, um, feel free to do that. But Yeah, Phil, and I would say the one thing that'll be added to your life by exhibiting an attitude of gratitude comes full circle to us, and that would be self-confidence. I feel like the truly confident people in life are confident because they, they're recognizing the wonderful things that they already have in front of them. And, and by truly appreciating those things and realizing how lucky we are as human beings to have the lives that we do in the situations that way that we do, simply making that recognition leads to more self-confidence, which then in turn leads to being more comfortable in your own skin. So I feel like the two really, really go hand in hand. And also when we talk about what is the benefit of that, you take any little aspect of your life and it can make it better. So if I think of myself as a high school chemistry physics teacher, me approaching my job with gratitude, I'm grateful that I have a job. I know a lot of people during the pandemic lost their job or things changed. I'm lucky to have that job. The fact that I'm currently seeing students in person 
I know a lot of people were uncomfortable with that or that, you know, that they have to be masked. But the fact that I'm physically with people, I'm grateful for, even though we know that there's higher risks involved with being in that. But but the idea that I am focusing on what is going well and that I do have, I think allows me to pursue my passion, my career in a more positive mindset and light. Matt and I have stopped many a times and thought about all the things changing constantly. As you guys know, once the world shut down, everyone was pivoting and figuring out. For Matt and I included, we are public speakers that have always talked to people in person and that changed. But we said, you know what, this is something that we are now allowed to speak to groups that we would have never had the time or opportunity to fly there and speak in person that we've now met and created part of our positive network. So this strange moment in history, has we've looked at it as a blessing in disguise in many ways because it's allowed us to meet new people. And then also, Matt and I have stopped and just said, you know what, I know everything's out of control, but man, how lucky are we that our families are healthy and safe right now? Just the fact that we could come home be together and be that and and not have to deal with what so many other people are dealing with. We were just so grateful. And again, that gives you energy in everything you do. Wow. That's not, that's great. Um, Rachel, I don't know if you had a question to, to follow that up with, but. Yeah. Um, kind of based off of what you're, I love everything both of you had said about that. And, um, I'm assuming your primary audience that you speak to is youth. Is that correct? Yes. Considering you agreed to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, since you agreed to do this podcast. Um, and I just wonder in 2021, when we've been through a pandemic and so much of the youth gaze is on social media and there's so many Uh, there's so much emphasis on abundance and things are much more um, seeing into people's lives. Other people's lives is much more accessible than it has ever been before. And I just wonder, what's it like having conversations with youth these days when um, they get that look and they see their friends and peers that have 10,000 Instagram followers or a Lamborghini or Gucci bags, like things like that. What's it like to um, bring it back to that gratitude conversation and being grateful for what they have, even if it isn't those material or asinine things? (laughs) I I would sum it up by saying this. We always tell our audiences in life, there are so many things out of our control. We cannot control social media followers. We cannot control how many social media followers our friends have, our peers have. What we can control are the things that are in our control, how we take care of ourselves physically, nutritionally, uh, socially, and emotionally. Are we getting our sleep at night? Those are the things that we always go back to because we encourage our audiences, no matter how young or how old, to find their own recipe for self-fulfillment. And we always tell individuals, no matter the age, if you could put your head down on your pillow at night, knowing that you feel and that you were the best version of you, that is worth more than any social media following, that is worth more than any sort of social media gathering. We always tell people that the person that you look at in the mirror every day will be the one to take you to the dance 
Make sure you have fun at the dance, being the best version of you. Phil, what do you think? I agree. And I also think that everyone has a different recipe, Matt, you use that term or a different definition of what success and fulfillment is. So I think a part of what Matt and I really try to do is to, when we see someone more successful or doing better than us, first of all, we want it to push us and drive us to work harder if that's something we'd like to work towards. And also, I think being happy for people's success and looking at it in the light of that is really great that they're doing well with whatever it is they're doing. And if they're happy and fulfilled and it's not hurting anyone or unhealthy, then rock on. I think that's something that we can celebrate. And I think if we spin that again back towards gratitude and back towards cheering for other people, I think that is the backbone of Matt and I's success as a business, but also probably, Matt, this is natural for us as humans, Mm -hmm. but when we meet people, we love to stay in touch with them, not because it's just a business transaction that, hey, maybe one day they'll book us again and we can, you know, get paid to speak, but really we enjoy interacting with positive people. We're creating a network that naturally supports our views of what we think is healthy, happy, and successful. And from that, from nourishing those relationships and showing our appreciation and cheering those people on, even if they're doing better than us or more successful, I think that naturally creates, I don't know, I don't want to say like, what do you think, Matt, like karma or energy, but I think it's just putting good energy out there that even if it doesn't ever come back, it's just, it's good to appreciate and show others that, hey, we know many speakers that have been in the game longer than us that are speaking to way bigger crowds that are going to super exotic places. And don't get us wrong, Matt and I get hungry and we're competitive. You know, we want to succeed too, but we also are super proud of them and excited for them. And I think that's a healthy balance. And I think that stems back to gratitude. You're grateful for what you have. And you're also grateful for that drive that I have people I'm looking at that I'm trying to get to their level as well. So look at them as role models, influencers, whatever. I think it's okay to be happy for people doing well. So my next question that I have for you guys is, is gratitude just a state of mind that you put yourself into? Or are there practical things that a a teen or a young adult or an older adult or any of us can do to practice gratitude. I know that for me personally, I'm very results driven. So I like it. If I know that there's a thing that I can do to have a certain result or, you know, come to a certain place, I like to do that thing and see that result is, is gratitude. Does gratitude work like that? Are there practical things you can do, or is it just a state of mind that you need to be in, you know, on a daily basis? Phil, I could kick it off for us. I I feel like gratitude is Phil and I like to say with a lot of attributes or characteristics in our lives. So we feel like it's like a muscle that needs to be exercised. And the more that you exercise that muscle, the more that you will automatically go back to that muscle when you need it. And let's be real. So many times in life, our, our true gratitude is tested when we face adversity, when we face loss, when we face heartache. And at that moment, more than ever, you need to maintain that 
that gratitude and that, uh, you know, thankful uh, peace of mind. But I mean, there are things that we could do on a daily basis. I, I know individuals, and these are things I try to focus on too. I do not do it personally, but waking up every morning and writing down a gratitude journal or putting intentions out there of what you want to focus on, of what you need to be, um, you know, focusing on to keep that grateful mindset. And I know for me personally, what I like to do is I have little benchmarks in my week of things that I know that I, I always show so much grace towards and just so much thanks towards that I, that I face. And I feel like the biggest compliment I could get in my life is when somebody says to me, Matt, you are an extremely simple person because they sometimes look at me as a person who will take the smallest thing possible. My goodness, am I happy as could be and so grateful that I have that opportunity. So by focusing on those little things, I feel like helps work out our muscles. And, and Phil, maybe you could give other examples based off of experiences in your life too. Well, you took the words right out of my mouth. It definitely is a muscle, Peter and Rachel. It's not. Now, if you read any of books about this type of stuff, there are people who are, are born naturally with more positive a disposition than others. But but that's genetics doesn't doesn't end all say all our our habits and how intentional we are with gratitude leads to, again, as Matt said, when things really get trying, it's that prep you've done that really starts to show when things start struggling. It's easy to be grateful when things are going really smooth. Mm -hmm. It's really when things get tough or trying. So for me, I like to read a lot of those self-improvement books. Um, Dr. Andy Cope in the UK has been great. Gavin Oates in Scotland has done a lot of great work. Uh, even Joe Beckman mm -hmm. touches on it in his book. If you guys are familiar with Joe Beckman, he is he's a Minnesota boy, isn't he, Matt? He is. Yes. Yes, he is. And so fairly close up there to you guys, not, you know, but, um, but I think like for me, self-improvement books in that reading, give me as Peter, as you said, your results driven you like, Hey, if I do this, I have more of a chance to get to this end result. So I read in one of their books and forgive me if they hear this and I don't know which one mentioned it, but I know for me, I get up early in the morning to work out not because I necessarily want to, but because I need to get it done before my wife and kids are up. So Matt's a morning guy and he can run a half marathon in the morning. And I'm not sure if he wakes up with a smile on his face, but for me, I do it because it's necessary. So I read in a book that if you are dragging in the morning, a great way to start your day is to simply sit up, not check your phone or your work emails, but simply force yourself to think of three things that you are simply grateful for. So this isn't even requiring a journal like Matt said. So for me, it often I sit up and it's become a great habit. I think about I'm grateful to see my, my happy, beautiful kids once they wake up in the morning. Uh, I'm grateful that I'm, I have downstairs in my basement some weights and a treadmill so that I can safely work out. But it's simple things like that. And I don't know why, Peter, but it stuck with me. And honestly, it's a great distractor from that morning. Ugh, I do not feel like getting up. I do not feel like crushing rates right now at 4.45 a.m. So my mind naturally goes to something more positive. And as I've done that, it now is just a habit. Don't think about anything except force yourself. What are three things you're grateful for for today or in your life? And it totally shifts your mindset. And again, it becomes more and more natural. Another thing we've done too, Matt, is in one of our presentations, we love to do an activity called, is it positive in here or is it just meme? So Matt, tell them a little bit about that. We give like this awful meme of something going bad 
And then we end with, uh, what is it? We kind of twist it. We do. We make our audiences put a positive twist on a somewhat negative meme. So for example, sure, the Wi-Fi is out at school, but at least blank. So we, we make a fun interactive activity out of here's a negative situation. How could we retrain our mind to look at this with a positive perspective? The more we practice it, the more we believe it. The more we believe it, the more it becomes habits. The more it becomes habit, the more it becomes instilled in our culture and in our uh, daily routine. So we feel the more practice, the better. Everybody has to find their own recipe, though, for getting that sense of gratitude. For Phil, it's that self-reflection. For others, it could be journaling. For me, like Phil was mentioning, too, a big part of that, though, is exercise. I love the Zen side of things. When I'm out in nature, I'm running by myself. It really puts things in perspective for me. And I feel like uh, for anybody listening to this who is still uh, lost on their path of finding their gratitude, utilize different spaces, uh, find out about if it is the journal, if it is exercise, is it is through a diet, is it through meditation, whatever those things are, it's different per situation. Yeah. And I think too, I, I read a book about the restaurant business, but about customer service, the book was called setting the table, but it talks about how humans, he calls it skunking, but our, our energy, we spray people with our energy. So he mentions, <laughs> why spray them with that terrible scent? What if you are that person that says, this does stink, but you know what? At least we have this. When you bring that to people's attention, humans can't help but take that into consideration and you can slightly twist the way they're looking at uh, the situation. And as leaders, Young adults, we know we're always striving to make sure that our young adults come out of their shells, be confident. It takes confidence to step up and say that sometimes that, you know what, I understand how we're feeling as a group. This is not ideal, but at least, hey, we're here together. We're trying to work on something, whatever it is. And it can really have a really big effect on people. You become that natural cheerleader. And the more you do it, the less likely people are to just say, ah, you're a kiss up or a suck up or whatever. They know you're really genuine. And you start changing other people's lives too, which I think is, you know, really empowering that not only can we change our lives, but our actions can also positively impact other people's lives as well. That reminds me of, of kind of a personal story. I, I, some of our listeners may have heard this in another podcast that we talked about, but I've been diagnosed with cancer twice in my life. And the second time around, which was just this last year, um, it kind of brought gratitude to the forefront to, for me. Like you were talking about earlier where it's easy to be grateful at, in, when it's really easy, like when you're going through a really easy time, but it's harder to be grateful when you're going through the ringer. But I found my gratitude going through the ringer. So I, I think that's kind of an interesting way to look at it too. And I know that one of the things that I started doing was using a gratitude journal and going back into that to see on a daily basis, yes, I'm grateful for these things. And then using my, that gratitude to then spread to other people. So I totally pick up on and understand and hear what you guys are saying. It's, 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 it's wonderful when you can take personal life experiences and turn it around and turn them on their sides and be that person that says, this might stink. Yes, but it could, but there, there's an upside to the tragedy. There's an upside to every downside. Right. Agreed. We have a, a personal professional friend. He goes by create Greg. He's in the UK originally from Poland videographer, 
unfortunately, a similar situation uh, to you, Peter. He was diagnosed. He just recently moved to UK, didn't know English, uh, diagnosed with cancer, was pretty broke, trying to make it in the video world. And that he says, but it's created this incredible perspective in his life that I'm not there. I'm not at that low point. I have so much to be grateful for. And whenever things start to get overwhelming, I now have that rock that says, I am not there. I am here now. And I am just going to enjoy this as much as I can. And uh, I think that's beautifully said, Peter, that you really do. You have that incredible perspective that I, Matt and I are lucky to say we've never had that type of perspective to, to go and experience that. But that is an incredible uh, energy that you carry with you now and that can inspire others. I'm, I'm pumped up just thinking about it now, too. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for sharing. I loved um, both of you giving your examples of how you um, find areas in your lives to choose gratitude and choose positivity. Um, I'm just wondering, and going back to kind of things that you'd echo, both of you have brought up at this point, um, in regards to confident self-confidence and gratitude, that connection um, what are some things that you tell your aud audiences? Do you do any speaking on how to build self-confidence? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is our bread and butter, Rachel. I guess you could say that is our everything when it comes to speaking. And in terms of building self-confidence, it comes down to embracing the awkward, taking healthy risks, and just feeling comfortable in your own skin and, and uh, pushing yourself personally, socially, emotionally, and putting yourselves in situations that you know you're ultimately going to grow from. And Phil and I love looking back over our lives through stories of self-deprecation and realizing, <laughs> like we say, Phil, to embrace the awkward, the strange moments do not define us. We define the strange moments. And just letting our audience know that when you take a healthy risk and you do things that um, basically you wouldn't dream of actually doing, but you know it would actually result in self-growth, do it. Whether it's joining clubs and activities at school, whether it's being a part of a play, joining a band, asking that somebody out to go to a dance, accepting failures that comes your way. But my goodness, taking that first step outside of your comfort zone to really callous the mind to just get your skin even tougher and, and doing things that you never imagined possible. And that's why at the start of each calendar year, Phil and I love talking about how we create a goal list. And these are things that we have fell on our face. We have crashed, we have burned, and we have not accomplished everything. Everything, but we we built up the self-confidence to not only take a healthy risk, but own up to it when we don't accomplish it. So that has been a massive part of our presentation journey. Phil, am I missing anything about the big old self-confidence? No, I think you said it well. Experience, 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 experience. The more we try, the more we experience. It is Matt called it. It's fancy. You know, we say, you know, take a healthy risk, but it is. It's getting involved. It's reaching out and asking a question through a podcast. It is joining a new club for Matt and I, I, this year, I, I would have never told you in 2021 that I enjoyed or got into yoga, but I got into it accidentally. My goal in January was to be able to do the splits by December 31st. Well, let's just say that's not going to happen. Okay. But I realized early January that I was extremely stiff and not flexible. So I started getting into yoga out of necessity for this goal. Healthy risk, a little goofy, but I really thought that'd be cool to be able to do. 
So I failed miserably in this one, but by doing something new, you never know what little avenue that opens up for you in your life. Now, what does yoga have to do with self-confidence? What I'm just trying to point, the point I'm trying to making is that when we experience new things, we open up these new doors of opportunities and we slowly get that, just that little more confidence each time. Oh, I've experienced this before. I understand that. I have a perspective on that. And as we do that, we make mistakes, we fail in a way that seems less and less threatening. And without even realizing it before we know it, we become a very confident, comfortable person that realizes this is me. I have every good intention possible. I'm full of gratitude. I'm grateful. So if I make a mistake, I think I'm going to be okay with that because I think most people would know I have the best intentions. And honestly, I'm just trying to make the world a little bit better of a place. But, it's, but I think that's a common question we get asked, Rachel, all the time is how do you build that confidence? And it's just experience. So you have a church, get involved with that. I learned so much from working with my dad at pancake breakfasts at my local church. I got yelled at by old men. I learned how to move faster, clean better, take care of people, wait on some, Matt, I'm going to say it, some angrier elder people that weren't particularly happy about their pancakes, right? So uh, how do I, how would I ever know that that translated into something that allowed me to be confident as a teacher, as a speaker, customer service? You don't know, but the more you experience, the more you get out there, the more comfortable and confident you feel. So that's why I love kids in high school. They have so many things they can get involved with if they choose, even getting a part-time job, great experience, but just live life and experience. And I think you gain confidence naturally. Yeah. Don't fear the failure, but embrace it. Know what's going to happen and, and grow from it. Yes. In the, in the words of one of my spirit animals, Adam Savage, <laughs> failure is always an option, <laughs> but it isn't the failure that defines you. It's how you come out of that failure that will, that will define you as you move forward. Yes. Love it. Love it, Peter. Yes. So, my last question, because I see that we're coming up on, on time here soon, but it takes a village, right? So how do I, which way do I want to go with this? How can parents foster a sense of gratitude in the home? Mm. I love that question. Matt, go ahead. So do I. And Phil and I have children in different stages of life. I have a, I have a two-year-old and a three-year-old. Phil, I'll let you get into your family dynamic after the fact, but I think back of when I was growing up and why do I cherish and embrace my family so much? And it's been because of the togetherness that we spent together. Uh, there were designated times where when it's dinner time, we're sitting down at dinner, we're talking to each other, we're conversing, we're talking about our day and we're building that connection. Through that connection, you automatically establish a foundation of gratitude where at such a young age, you don't realize how important it actually is. But as time goes on, you know how special those moments were. And now what I, my plan is to do with my wife and with my children, we're already starting to do it, is the same thing. Having dinner at certain times, making sure that technology and screen time is at an absolute bare minimum. The more conversation, the more experiences that we share as a family, volunteering, doing things outside of our comfort zone, working in our community, doing those things away from technology and the television to build ourselves as a family unit, which will then result in more conversation, which will then result in more exploration of my children's mind. 
that's exactly how gratitude is born. And that's my approach and plan that I'm so excited and uh, looking forward to taking in the years ahead. Yeah. Matt and I were both very lucky to have loving, supportive families. So we are extremely spoiled and extremely grateful for Mm -hmm. the lives growing up that we did have. And I think Matt, you felt protected and sheltered in a positive way where you probably developed confidence without you even realizing it, knowing you had that foundation at home supporting you. And for me, talking about the confidence piece and growing up with parents, I think as a parent, I need to remind myself that's important is that I have to let my kids allow them to fail. That sometimes as a parent, I want them only to see success and to not be sad and not feel disappointment. But as much as I love seeing them succeed, it's probably far more valuable and far more of an educational experience when they do fail, when they are hurt, when they are upset, when they are disappointed. And I would say those cringeworthy moments as a parent, you know, where your son's up to bat and you're pretty sure he's going to strike out and you're like, I feel so bad for him. It's probably a really important time for him or her to live through that. You have to understand that. Not everything will go perfectly. So I think that is one of the parts Matt and I are very involved in her children's lives. We do the hashtag dad guilt all the time whenever we're like, "Uh," you know, but we want to be the best possible fathers. But I have to remind myself that I've screwed up so many times. Now's the time to screw up when they're little and the stakes are low, not when they're 35, you know, and we want them to really embrace that now. So my, my suggestion for parents, because I'm working on it right now, is letting them set themselves up for failure and figure it out. And Phil, we have to practice what we, we preach. We always say about we have to control what's in our control. And I think we're both realizing as parents that we really have a little control on what's going on around us. And we have to just have faith in the you know, character that we're building in our children and, and trust, the, trust the process and realize that everything is not in our control and focus on what is in our control. Right. wonderful um rachel did you have anything else before we finish up for the day no i just thank you so much for sharing all of that wisdom that you bestowed upon us about gratitude i know that my mind has been opened to a lot of different things so i'm sure that the listeners are taking notes for all of this valuable information that you're sharing so i'm grateful for both of you joining us tonight Well, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for having us. It it truly means the world, especially speaking about a topic that we're so passionate about. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have a couple things to finish up in our last few minutes here. The the first, um, what do you guys have going on these days and where can people find you? Wow. Thank you for asking. We are grateful to have a mixture, a plethora of both virtual and currently some in-person gigs as well. And we will see, as you know, as the world unfolds, if that happens or not. But we've been lucky to be speaking uh, all over and we continue to do that. Uh, We're also super proud. Something coming up is we've been hosting virtual head shaving events for the St. Baldrick's Foundation, something that's very near and dear to our hearts. So that's been happening a couple of times a year. And the fact that we can be a part of that and lift up other heroes has made us Uh, especially grateful on the topic of gratitude. But as far as reaching out to us, anyone wants to get a hold of us, we're everywhere. Just look at the handle at MP Presentations. 
We're MP Presentations. Search us online. Uh, you'll find us, and we are everywhere YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube. MySpace, We're all over. Everything. Yeah. I'm MySpace. <laughs> no, sorry. False advertisement. But just put in hashtag MP, the number two DAY, hashtag MP today. You'll find us in every social media outlet. Wonderful. And then the last thing really quickly, we like to leave our listeners with a thought of the day. It can be a song recommendation, a quote, any sort of thing. I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit, but can you think of a thought of the day for our listeners? It can be about gratitude. It can be about anything else that you want it to be about. Um, I know that when I'm having a day that maybe was just blah, if I bake sweets for someone that I love and give it to them, it makes me extremely happy. Easy enough. And for me, get your sleep. If you think you slept enough at night, add on two more hours to it. You can never get enough sleep. Sleep is everything. That's wonderful advice, both of those things. And with that, my name is Peter. And I'm Rachel. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>